You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to the fighter versus the writer. I am your host as always, Damon Martin, and I am here today with one of the top featherweight fighters in the world. He is making his return to action very soon following knee surgery. And I got to tell you, it's so good to have this guy back in the UFC because he's one of the most exciting fighters in the world and one of the best featherweights in the world. Welcome in today, Josh Emmett. Josh, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm fantastic, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh, to co-host the show with me today. You know, it's funny. We talk, we've talked a lot throughout your career, and we even talked a lot during your injury, but how excited are you to hear me say you got a fight scheduled? Yeah, man, I, I, I couldn't be more stoked. It's, uh, it's, it's been a, a tough, tough journey. Um, you know, I, I've had several injuries, unfortunately, in my, my career, but this, uh, this knee injury was definitely, um, it, I think it's towards the top, you know, for sure, so... Um, I'm excited to be back in, in practice and I'm excited to have a fight and it's going to be, it's one of the biggest cards of the year. You know, even though last night was a huge card, um, I think this, this fight, uh, coming up is going to be, you know, just huge. So I'm, I'm stoked for that and to have the fans back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me ask, I know, again, we talked a couple of times during your surgery, after your surgery, so I don't want to rehash a ton of stuff, but I know you had a bit of a setback that kind of delayed your comeback. You were going to try to come back earlier this year. I know you had to go through, I believe it was like some stem cell procedures and stuff like how, I assume the knee is great now, but like kind of give me a sense, like what these last few months have been like. Yeah, no, it's good now, but it's, uh, for whatever reason, my, uh, obviously I did, I tore my ACL. So I did the patellar tendon graft when they took the graft, they take a piece of your, your kneecap, your patella, and then the patella tendon, it did not heal for whatever reason for me. So I had to go back in six months after and do a, a stem cell procedure where uh, a friend and doctor of mine, he, he went into my SI joints that's in your back and he, he drilled in there with, a, I feel like a power tool. And then he extracted the bone marrow and uh, spun it. And then he injected my own stem cells right into um, you know, right through my kneecap, my patella, and then my patella tendon. So it, it started to to grow back. And so I, I felt like I was just like five, six months behind. Um, I feel great now, almost actually my, the knee I had surgery on is, uh, it feels like 
it better than my my good knee so that that's a good thing it's just been a a long process and again and I had to you know you learn a lot about yourself and I um I don't know, just that, you know, those mental battles, it's like, is my knee ever going to get better? Am I ever going to be able to fight again? Am I going to get back to that, you know, that, that level I need to, to perform at an elite level. Um, but here we are, you know, I'm, I'm back, I've been back and I've been working my ass off for 15 months straight. And I'm, I'm excited to go out there and, uh, you know, show the fans and, and everyone in the division that, uh, you know, I've, I've only improved. Absolutely. You know, it's funny you say that about your knee coming back stronger. You know, medical science has advanced so much because years ago, I remember when I was a kid and you hear about NFL players blowing out their ACL. It was like a career ending injury. Like you blow out your ACL. That's it. Like you'd probably don't come back from that. Now I've talked to so many guys from George St. Pierre, Matt Brown, a ton of guys who've had that ACL surgery. Uh, Joseph Benavidez, who, of course, uh, you know, teammate, good friend of yours. And he had said, like, they they come back and, like, weirdly, I think my knee's stronger after surgery because yeah. of where it's at. So you're in training now. Of course, you're getting ready for a fight in December. But but would you agree that, like, now you're beyond 100% in terms of that knee? There's no there's no fear of the knee anymore. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, it's it's funny because I now, obviously, I've gone through the ACL um, surgery and, and injury. So it's like I can spot these braces when people are wearing them. You know, it's like, oh, ACL. They're like, yep. And then I, I was talking to some older guys too you know it's like that back in their heyday they're like oh i ha i blew out my acl and then they show me their knee and they have this this scar like this big and i'm like oh god like but <laughs> you know like, like you said uh you know technology has advanced so much and it was a career ending um injury back then but now i feel like they have they have so many different methods of doing things and um you do come back stronger so it, it is weird in a weird way that if I, if I rewind to like, you know, a year ago, I'm like, man, this thing's never going to get better. But now to it, it's like my knee I had surgery on is so much stronger than my, my good knee. And then it's, uh, I, I think just building up, um, doing a lot of the practices and different things and techniques, you, it's more of a mental thing. You just have to get more, I guess, confident that your knee is strong. So that's kind of a, a battle that you, I was kind of, you know, going back and forth with and playing with um, several months ago. But yeah, it's it's strong as can be. Yeah. So now with that being said, you know, the time off, I know you didn't want it. And again, we talked like right after the injury, right after the fight. And it's a weird thing because you got so much attention because of the way you fought through that fight with the torn ACL, which is insane. Not only did you not only did you fight through it, but you won and, and won impressively. And you wonder like what you would have done without the knee injury. But uh, coming back, it feels like, and again, I know you've been gone for a while, but it feels like you didn't really lose that much ground in the division. You're still ranked, I think, seventh in the division, according to the UFC. Uh, there's only a couple of guys logistically ahead of you in terms of like where you're at, and for you know, in terms of the title shot. And one of those fights is probably you know, is going to happen this week, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But like, in a weird way, do you feel like you didn't really lose a whole lot of ground by being gone? Like some guys do, but it didn't feel like you did. Yeah, no, I yeah, I totally agree. I. Uh it's weird because it feels like forever but then at the same moment it's like i feel like i just fought you know but then here we are when i come back it's going to be a year and a half since my last fought which is it's it's wild to <laughs> to see how fast time flies but yeah i really didn't lose a lot of traction you know there there was just that a handful of the guys that were ranked in front of me that you know they fought um and that that's about it i think if i was healthy i would have just been a lot more active uh, which would have been nice for my my bank account, but uh, <laughs> other than that, it's uh, yeah. I, I feel like I'll 
you know, I, I'm kind of right where I left off. I didn't, I didn't lose a whole lot. Yeah. When you look at the lay of the land in the division, and, and I want to talk about Dan Ige in a second, but, uh, you know, when you look at the lay of the land division, you know, Alexander Volkanovsky coming off a big win over Brian Ortega has two wins over Max Holloway. And I know, and I feel like, yeah, there's a good chance they would do that trilogy, even though Max has lost to him twice. But when you look at everyone else in the division, I mean, you know, Korean Zombies coming off a loss. Uh, again, you got a big opportunity here to kind of put yourself right back in there. But am I wrong in thinking that, you know, it, weirdly, when you beat Shane Burgos, where he was in the division, then you take, you know, you kind of take that spot in the, in the rankings. You know, a win here and maybe one more, let's just, you know, just because of timing. But, like, I feel like you're right there in the title hunt. Like, in terms of, like, who's there and who Volkanovski has to fall already, you're kind of right. You're kind of the guy. Yeah, man, I, I hope so. It's, uh, that's kind of, you know, if, if I was writing this out perfect, that's that's exactly uh, how I want it to be. You know, I, I wanted to fight someone in front of me, and that, that was kind of the plan. I, w I was going to fight Arnold Allen uh, December 11th. But for whatever reason, I think he has some type of injury or he couldn't get cleared in time. So if I wanted that fight, I would have had to wait till possibly February or March. And, you know, I, I, I don't want to do that. I, I want to stay active. And, and a goal of mine was like I'm fighting in 2021 no matter what. I've, I've been a professional since 2011. I fought every single year, um, actually dating back to like 2013. So I'm like, I'm not going to sit out, <laughs> you know, an entire year. So that was my goal. And then they, they offered me a few people um, if I wanted to stay on the same card. And, you know, I, I just took the highest ranked opponent, which is Dan, Dan Ige. And um, yeah, I think of, he, he's tough. You know, he comes from a great camp. The guy is super tough, has good coaches, teammates. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a dog fight. And I know it's going to be an exciting fight for the fans. This is a fight that a lot of the fans have been wanting to see. Um, so I'm, I'm glad we can entertain someone. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I think a big win over Dan Ige first and foremost, then you just kind of go back and see kind of what happens. And then I think I'm, I'm possibly one fight away or one win away for fighting for the title, you know, and then in a weird way, if something were to happen, I'll always, you know, be prepared and, and, and try to jump in and, and, uh, you know, any, any type of opportunity that presents itself, I'll, I'll try to hop in and, and snag that if possible. Yeah. I know when fighters are injured, everyone has a little different approach to this, but in terms of like, how much did you pay attention to your division while you were gone? Like, did you have to put it out of sight, out of mind, or did you kind of keep an eye on it just so you know what you're coming back to? Like, how did you deal with it? Yeah, no, I, man, I, I've been a fan of the UFC and MMA since like 99. So it's like, I, I'm a big fan. I, I watch every card or I try to, as long as I don't have some type of obligation, but um, yeah, everyone, everyone, everyone in the UFC is good. And I see a lot of these people like, Oh, I'm not going to, you know, fight someone out of the top 20 or whatnot. It's like every, everyone in my weight class is, is good. It's, it's a dangerous fight. Maybe it's a less risk or more risk for no reward, but um, yeah, everyone is good. But I, I feel like in the top, like 10, top 15, you know, on any given day, if someone has their best day and someone has their worst day, there could be multiple, um, like champions or, or whatnot. But uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely kept an eye on, on the division. I always do. And I, anytime there's a, a card, I, I really like to watch my, my weight class. Yeah. Let me ask you about the champion, Alexander Volkanovsky. You know, it's so funny. Two wins over Max Holloway. And I would, I would say, and I think most people would agree. The first one was more definitive than the second. I, I actually scored Max winning the second very, very close fight though. And could see it going either way, but yeah, I think Volkanovski yeah. finally got a little bit of the respect he deserved with his performance over, 
um, you know, over Brian Ortega. That was such a crazy good fight, such a crazy, you know, great performance from him. Uh, what are your thoughts on Volkanovski? I know you got a lot of respect for everybody in your division. You've never been like a trash talking guy, but what are your thoughts on Volkanovski and how exciting would it be to, to throw hands with that guy? Yeah, no, I, you know, whoever the champion is at the moment, I always think like they're, they're the best in the division and, uh, on the planet in the weight class. And, and like you said, you know, Jose Aldo was the goat of the featherweight division. Max Holloway was the goat. And then he has, he has wins over those guys. And then he, he's being the top tier guys. The number one contender is the top, the top guys in the division and he's undefeated in the UFC. So it's like time and time again, um, I, I think people, there is more respect on his name or people just realize how good he really is. You know what I mean? Because when he's going out and beating guys, um, people always have their opinion. Oh, well, he couldn't beat this, but then he has multiple wins over these, um, these top guys that have been reigning champions for, you know, years. So he's, he's the best in my opinion, but it would, it'd be awesome and an honor to go in there and, uh, you know, to fight Volkanovski, I think out of everybody, I think him and I match up stylistically the best. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting matchup. You know, it's, it's so funny. You get you've got such a reputation for having maybe the the heaviest hands at featherweight in terms of knockout power. But I think people always forget you actually come from wrestling. Like you actually come from a wrestling yeah. background. So you you do present some stylistic matchup problems for him. I mean, that's one thing he really hasn't faced is a guy with really good wrestling and strong hands. And that's one thing you do represent. I know I'm not putting the cart before the horse, so to speak, but uh, that is a really intriguing fight. And again, as I look at the division, you know, you and Arnold Allen, uh, there's not really a lot of choices there in terms of guys that could be there in, ter- you know, in terms of who would be, a, a legit title contender who he hasn't already fought. So, you know, you got to feel good. A big win over Danny game, maybe one more. You're right there, right? Yeah, yeah that's what I'm That's what I'm hoping for, but I got. I have to get past Danny Gay first. And Dan, Dan is – I know Dan very well. He's another guy, very much like you, not a trash talker, very respectful guy. And I think the biggest um, – you know, and I mean this is an absolute compliment to him. He is so incredibly durable, so incredibly tough. Like, even when he loses fights – you just can't get him out of there. You, can, you know, the guy will not go away. You've seen him go five rounds with, you know, the Korean zombie. You see him go five rounds, you know, with, with Calvin Cater, even though he wasn't winning the fight, he was sticking around, did not go away. Um, what do you think about Dan in that regard? Because, you know, again, you're a guy who, who really, again, I think you do have maybe the heaviest hands in the featherweight division. I mean, it would be a feather in your cap to put that guy away, but also I imagine there's gotta be a certain level of patience knowing that he is typically known for having such great durability. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, and and I know that about Dan. He he's so durable. He's so damn tough. It's uh, you know he he's always in the fight too. You know what I mean? And he he's a BJJ black belt. He has good good wrestling, and he I I think he has he has pretty heavy hands, and his his, his striking is good. So I know it's going to be a, a fight. You know, I'll be prepared for a fifteen minute just <laughs> war. Um, but that that is a goal of mine. You know, it's it's. You know, I, I fought several guys that have never been finished. And then I'm the person to, you know, give them their first loss via KO or whatever it may be. But, um, yeah, that, that would be awesome. Like if I could go in there and, you know, put him away, like you, that's always what I'm trying to do. But um, I know with him and how tough he is and, um, yeah, who, who knows, I'll, I'll be prepared for a, an absolute banger of 15 minutes. But um, that would be the goal. Yeah, it's weird when, when the fight got when the fight got announced. I was thinking to myself, man, this would be a great five rounder. This would be a great main event. Like this would be a great you know headliner. But then I'm thinking, you know what? In a weird way, 
I'm glad it's on the card it's on because you get more attention this way. You also get crowd. You also get the crowd. I mean, every fighter I've talked to, you know, is so excited to have the audience back. And, you know, the guys fighting right after you on the 18th, you know, Chris Dacus and, and, and Derek Lewis, they got to fight in the apex. No crowd, you know, kind of the weird silence in there, all that kind of weird stuff. Uh, even though even though you're you're on a stack card, and and my God, this is a great card. Uh, I think it's better. Like I feel like like when you think like we're all buzzing about UFC 268. We'll talk about that in a second. Like what happened last night, UFC 267 last week. But like in a weird way, like even though you're not the main event, I feel like this is the card you want to shine on because everyone's going to be watching. And and I'm I'm just glad you're coming back with fans and a big card. Like I don't know. Tell me how you feel. Like I'm sure you would have loved to have a main event, but like weirdly, I'm actually happy you guys are on this card and not on like a an apex card where there's no crowd or anything yeah no and, and that's the thing I, I wanted to fight on one of the bigger cards um what i what i was hoping for is is ige and i would open the the pay-per-view card you know what i mean because then more eyes are on us I, I saw last night while i was watching you know ufc 268 i don't know if that's finalized but I, I saw the main card and then i saw the the prelims and they have us as like the coco on the on the prelims so i was like man um yeah who knows but but it, it would be nice to either headline the prelims or open the pay-per-view card just because a lot of people even while they're in vegas you know people don't even show up till the main card or the co-main event um and then you know a lot of people tune into the pay-per-view um all around the world to watch so um it would be nice to be higher up um just so more eyes could be on us because i know um it, it, it's gonna like I, I feel like it's just with us fighting and our style of fights, I, I feel like this is already set for, you know, fight of the night potential, you know, it's, it's just going to be a back and forth fight. And so um, I would like more people to see that because even when Burgos and I fought, we fought it, it was UFC Vegas, the apex, like number three, no one was in there. And I, I feel like if we had fans in the audience, like it, it would have been insane. It was already crazy just with the coaches and the staff and every everyone in the apex. So it's like, I couldn't even imagine if, uh, you know, the how how loud it would be if we had fans like we're going to have it uh, T-Mobile on December 11th. Yeah, and I, I think you guys opening the pay-per-view makes a lot of sense because you look at last night's card with Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. What a, I mean, good Lord. Like, that was just such an amazing fight. And it set the tone. Like, I was I was covering the event, and my adrenaline was through the roof. Like, I was like, I don't need caffeine right now because this fight just jacked me up for the rest of the night. Like, I, and, like that's the, I, in a weird way, like, they got switched around because Justin's coach, of course, you know, Trevor Whitman had two more people fighting later in the card, and they wanted to give him a break between fights. But, like, in a weird way, I actually wish we had more of those kind of situations where you have a great main card opener. And I feel like you and Dan are, like, you know, that's a tailor-made fight for opening a card, just like Gaethje Chandler. Yeah, no, I agree. And then, yeah, it would be – we'd try to – I don't know if we could live up to that fight, but uh, we'd try. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, uh, let me ask you because, you know, you've, you've – you know, you've – for the most part in your career, you've been a pretty dominant guy in terms of finishes, in terms of – you know, winning your fights, you've not really been a guy that's had to, you know, go through those crazy wild battles too often. Uh, Burgos was mostly closer only because you were fighting on one leg, which is insane still to this day. Um, but like, I don't know, like I appreciate Gaethje Chandler. That is such an amazing fight. I like, I could watch that all day on the flip side. I'm like, man, how much can these guys take? Like, you know, like you don't want to take, take that kind of damage. Like where do you sit in your mind as a fighter when you watch Gaethje Chandler? Like, I'm sure you enjoy it. And I, I know I enjoyed it, but like, there's also a part of me thinking, man, like how much can these guys take? Like I almost in a weird way, I'm like, man, 
man, I kind of feel bad like they have to go through that. But at the same time, I sure as hell enjoy watching it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that's the thing. Like, I I think of it from like a fan perspective and then obviously a fighter like doing it. So it's like when people are like, oh, I wish this was a five round fight. It's like, look at how battered those guys are. And it's like, you know, Chandler, he kept like spitting stuff out and his face was, you know, he, he was taking hard, hard shots and they were both rocked several times. It's like, longevity of your your career and 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 life you know it's like man i'm glad it was a three-round fight but yeah of course from a entertainment um standpoint i'm like that that was i'd say that's right up there with fight of the the year so far and it was only a three-round fight um but those guys both have the the determination and the will and you know no quit in them so they're they're literally they're, they're literally just going to keep on going until one of them gets put away. It's like, they're, they're not going to give up and, and cower away. And, and that's kind of what we saw last night. But, you know, I, I think for, if we would have seen 10 more minutes of that or two more rounds, it's like, I don't, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think we get paid enough for that. Yeah. There's a balancing act to that, right? Like, again, like I, I appreciate it. it was amazing. Seems like both guys were okay. I know they went to the hospital for precautionary reasons. Seems like they're good, but man, it's just like watching them go through that. Like I said, I'm I'm of two brains. I'm like, man, it was awesome. It was amazing. I appreciate it. But on the other side, I'm like, those guys just went through like literally a car crash. Like they just went through like a literal physical car crash for 15 minutes uh, for our entertainment. And again, I don't want to turn this into like a, let's talk about how much the UFC is paying these guys, but whatever it is, I can't imagine it's enough for what they went through because that was such a, that's the kind of fight. Like I always said it after, uh, if you remember Robbie Lawler and Carlos Conda a few years ago, yeah. I said after that fight, like, I don't think either guy was ever the same again. Like if you look at Carlos's performance right after that and Robbie, like Robbie got knocked out by, by Woodley right after that. And I said, I just think those guys, like they took a piece of each other's souls in that fight. Like, I don't think they ever came back the same. Gaethje, you know, has been to like, you know, nine of these now and, and he somehow continues to do it. But like at some point, like I always worry, I remember when Roy Nelson, like he always had the greatest chin ever. He could get hit by anybody, get hit by a cinder block and he wouldn't go down. And then late in his career, he got cracked a couple times and then we started to see it go. So I always kind of worry about that. You know what I mean? Like that there's like a diminishing return sometimes when yeah. you're, when you're so great, so durable, but at the same time, it does eventually wear out. Yeah. And that's what I think it, you know, eventually it's going to catch up to you. And, and that's one of the things too, my, my boxing coach, Joey, he's always saying like, I, I was always kind of nervous too. Cause it's like, they call it breaking the seal too. Once you get knocked out, then is it like, you just constantly get knocked out, you know, but um, I think a lot of it comes into factor as far as like diet, hydration, like so many different things, how well you take care of your body. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I guess we really don't know yet. Um, but, but I feel that way. I, I feel like you, your body can only take so much because obviously our bodies aren't made, made to take that type of damage and impact, you know? Um, and, but it, but it is, you know, in, in a weird way, I always think like, I've, I've always wanted to get two bonuses. So it's like, I want a crazy fight like that. Like I want to go out there and have the, the wildest, you know, fight of the night fight. And then, you know, in the, the remaining one minute of the third round, get a huge knockout, uh, as well, you know, but then I'm like, man, but then I have to go through that, but I, I'd be will, I'd be willing to do that. <laughs> once, <laughs> maybe not, <once>. maybe not <laughs> every fight, right? Like one yeah, good time, maybe fight. not every fight. <laughs> yeah. Write that off the checklist. You know, if I can go ahead and do something like that, it'd be, it'd be awesome. Cause it, cause it is nice. It's like, like I go out there to entertain, like I, I know we're in the entertainment business, like like you said, I'm not 
I'm not a big trash talker. I don't know these guys. I'm, I'm just not going to talk about people that I, I don't know, but I will fight. You know what I mean? Like anyone that knows I'm on the card, like I'm, I'm going to be in an exciting fight from, you know, the, the first bell till the very end. And, uh, I, I try to do that. I come from a wrestling background. I feel like I could go out there and try to just take people down and grind them out. But, you know, I, I want to be exciting. I want to go for those huge knockouts and, and things like that. Cause it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, we're going to break down Max Holloway and Yaya Rodriguez in a second. Cause that's of course a big win, a big fight in your division. Maybe potentially you fight the winner. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, before we get there, you mentioned Josh, of course you are a big MMA fan and we had such a big card last night. I want to talk real quick about Kamaru Usman, another great performance from him. And also, let me give credit to Colby Covington. I know a lot of people don't like what that guy says. Uh, I'm not a big fan of some of the things he says. Uh, but again, in terms of performance, man, you cannot, like, I can't doubt that he is 100% the second best welterweight in our sport. It's just, unfortunately, he's got, as Kamaru brought up last night, he's just got that one guy in front of him uh, in Kamaru Usman. But you know, it's funny when you, I feel like we appreciate greatness in the moment and, and then we do kind of lose track of that a little bit. Cause then there's big, this big debate going on right now is Kamaru the best welterweight of all time versus George. Of course, George St. Pierre has more title defenses and, and, you know, nine title defenses to five right now, Kamaru. Uh, I've argued, like, I still think George is the greatest in terms of accomplishments. I don't think you can, I mean, you can't measure it. When you look at his win streak, you look at his title defenses. Uh, he's still got those records. But in terms of talent, in terms of, like, a resume, and I'm just saying, like, the eye mm. test. I mm. think talent-wise, Kamaru could be the best welterweight of all time. It's a weird argument. It's kind of like the pound-for-pound pound debate. Like, there's no right or wrong answer to the pound-for-pound yeah. pound debate because what are we judging? You know, what's what's actually being judged here? Uh, but, like, I don't know. What do you think? Like, I feel like Kamaru, and, and, again, if he keeps going, he very well could break George's record. I mean, he's one win away from breaking Anderson's record for the most wins in a row in the UFC. I mean, what this guy's doing right now is incredible, and he's doing it against good competition. Like, you can't tell me Jorge Masvidal's not good. You can't tell me Gilbert Burns isn't great. Yeah. You can't tell me Colby Covington's not great. Yeah, no, no, I think it, it is a tough, uh, it's a tough dis discussion right there. Just because St. Pierre, like, you know, I, that was one of my favorite fighters, too, and he's done so much for the sport. But then it's also like, look at Kamar, he, he, he's doing he, he, he gets better and better every time he, he's such a high level wrestler. And now he his striking and everything he's doing is just really coming together. So he could go on and, and, and dominate George's uh, records and things like that. And, and he is fighting the best guys in the world. And, and I thought, you know, Colby is like the most dangerous guy for his style, but then he went out there and he, and he, and he kind of, you know, shut him down again and just, prove to everybody how good he is um even though they got into some firefights in the middle and then you know uh Usman would get caught with some stuff and I was just thinking like that is the way that if they get into these these little firefights like and his hands not up or he's not rolling or he doesn't get out it's like those are the the dangerous positions where any one of them could get caught you know what I mean and and it seemed like some of the times it, it did happen but then he recovered pretty well and then you know got back to the the game plan but yeah it's it, it, that's a tough one man i i guess we'll just have to see wait and see if he continues his reign and continues to beat guys that he has and, and continues to evolve and get better then um yeah he, he could go down as the best welterweight of all time
Yeah, at worst, I think it's a good argument. You know what I mean? Like, if you're yeah. in the argument of being in the same realm as George St. Pierre, you've done something right with your career because that guy's a legend. You could argue he's the greatest fighter in history, period, of any weight class. Uh, to even be in that conversation with him is is a huge deal. You know what I mean? Because how many people can say they're even in the conversation with George St. Pierre? Yeah, no, you're right. So this weekend, Josh, before I get you out of here, of course, this weekend, there's a massive fight in your division. And I mentioned kind of jokingly, but maybe not jokingly, you could end up fighting the winner here. Max Holloway fighting Yari Rodriguez. This is a big fight. It's been scheduled now a couple times. And Max was, Max was dealing with some injuries. Now he's healthy, coming back this weekend. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this matchup because, you know, Yair is one of those guys who kind of always finds a way to pull a rabbit out of a hat. Like he might, like you look at the, the, the Korean zombie fight. And again, he took that one on short notice. So let's give credit where credit's due. It's not like he had like a, a full camp, but to go out there and get a knockout the way he did. And he's had some other really impressive wins. You look at the Jeremy Stevens fight, things like that. But Max is, I don't know, like it, it's so hard for me to pick against Max against almost anyone in this division. Uh, because when he shows up, man, he's so freaking good. And especially over five rounds, like it's so hard to get him out of there. What are your thoughts on this matchup? And, and I imagine you got to lean one way or the other in terms of uh, in terms of which one you think is going to win. Yeah, I, I kind of have the. It's similar to you, but it's uh, you, you Rodriguez. He, he's so elusive. You know, he he's explosive. He's so elusive. Um, but but Max, it, it, it's hard to it's hard to bet against him just because how good he is and how well he's done. You know, in his career, and he's still super young. And look at his resume. So. Um, I, I feel like Max has that the experience for sure. He, he has the experience in the, the five round fights against like the best guys in the world. He was the reigning featherweight champion. So I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards him, but then it's like, we'll just kind of have to, to wait and see and like who, who shows up. But um, I would be leaning towards Max. I, I think he's going to, I don't know. He, he just has really good striking and, and so does Rodriguez. So it's, it's definitely a fight that I'm, I'm excited for, um, like, I, I always hate picking fights because it's like, I, I could, if I sat here and, and broke down, I could, you know, argue how both guys would win the fight. Um, but, but I have to kind of lean towards Max just because of, you know, how, how, how damn good he is. Yeah. It's funny. I, I feel like when guys fight Max, a lot of times they fight Max's fight, you know, Max is so good on the outside, his boxing, his volume, you know, things like that. And you look at, you know, Calvin Cater, you know, fought him a certain way. And you can't, to me, you can't let Max do that. If Max controls the pace and he's able to, you know, stick that jab in your face and use his reach, use his distance, use his boxing, it's going to be a long night. And and you think about, like, you know, Yair, to me, like, we saw it in the Stevens fight. Like, mix things up. Go for takedowns. Make Max guess. Uh, because if you fight at Max's range and you fight yeah. Max's fight, he's really, really, really hard to beat. Yeah. And even Yair though, he, he's so explosive with those kicks too, you know? So, so I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what his game plan is and how he implements um, the, those tricky kicks. And, you know, he, he has a lot of, his striking comes from all different angles and, and stances. So uh, yeah, I'm just curious to see how he kind of comes out and, and, and starts to implement that. If, uh, if Max wins and he's the favorite to win. And, and again, I lean that way. I know you said you kind of lean that way as well. Would you as a featherweight and then maybe taking off your featherweight hat, would you as a featherweight be interested in Holloway Volkanovsky three? Or do you think that somebody else should get a chance 
before Max gets a rematch. And and again, you're in that conversation. You beat Dan Ige. You're right there. You could arguably say you should fight Max or or you know whatever. But how do you feel about that? Because it's so weird. We normally would never ever talk about a guy getting a third title shot when he's already lost to the guy twice. But it almost feels like Max is in a special category because the yeah. second fight was so close, and because you know if he beats you here, that's two top five, top six guys he's now beaten in a row. There's only so many options out there, and he's already beaten Ortega pretty convincingly. So it's like, what? I'm not really, you know what I mean? Like it's a weird one. Yeah, no, I I feel like, um, yeah, he, it's kind of going back to like the Colby Usman thing. There's like just one guy in front of him. So I kind of feel the same way with that. Max has beat every single person. He was the featherweight champion. He's beat everyone in the top five. You know what I mean? There's no one left for him really to to fight, but the champion. So I, I think he, he would deserve it. Um, and just like you said, it's like the, the first fight, I thought Volkanovski won that pretty decisively. The second fight was super close. Um, I, I could have seen it going either way. So that's why I could see, you know, them doing a trilogy fight. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I, I, I think he deserves it. Like, honestly, it's, uh, you know, just, just being fair. He, he's beat everyone but him you know, yeah. and, and, and he so wants to be the champion and, and all these things. And there was like controversy in the last fight. So yeah, I, I, I think it is, it is fair. Now, let me ask you for your own career. Now, Josh, you're coming back in, in December again. I'm not, again, not putting things ahead of time. You got to go through Danny Gay first, but now that you're healthy, the knee's good, assuming everything goes well in December, how active do you want to be? Because you're in, again, you're in kind of a weird spot because you beat Danny Gay, where you're at ranking-wise, there's only a couple of guys ahead of you. And so we, we've already said it multiple times, probably one more win, we get you the title shot. But I also know after coming off an injury like that, I'm sure you don't want to sit six, seven, eight months waiting for, let's say, Max Holloway or waiting for you know Brian Ortega to get healthy considering the freaking war he just went through. Like, Where do you balance that in your head in terms of your activity? Because I'm quite sure you don't want to sit, but you also got to know you beat Dan Ige. You're potentially one win away from a title shot. So how do you balance that? Yeah, no, I, man, as always, I, I, I want to be as active as possible. So as long as I'm healthy, I, I want to fight, you know, and, and I also feel like um, time is not on my side. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the older featherweights in the division, but uh, man, I, I feel the best I ever have. Um, so I, I, I want to stay as active as possible. Like if I, if I could, you know, write this out perfect, it's, I get a big win December 11th. I want to fight March. Um, there's always a huge card in Vegas right around my birthday. Um, March 3rd to the 5th, you know, whenever they have the card, I want to fight in March and then I want to fight international fight week in July. I love it. I love it. Well, Josh, I mean this, you know, beyond, uh, you know, going back with you, you know, several years now to, to when you first got in the UFC, actually before you got the UFC, actually, I think is when yeah. we did our, our first interview. Uh, it's good to have you back, man, in terms of this division. We need you, man. Like this division, in featherweight is strong right now. It's been a lot of fun watching these fights, but I got to be honest, man, it's good to have you back. The division has missed you. The UFC has missed you. Uh, we need a little Josh Emmett injection, and I'm glad we're getting it uh, coming up in December. Cool. Thank you. I really appreciate it. No, I'm, I'm so excited to be back and uh, I'm going to put on a hell of a show December 11th. I cannot wait. Josh, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. I really appreciate it. Let's talk soon. Okay. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Take right. care, Damon. Talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye. There you go. Josh Emmett. He is back December 11th, UFC 269. I agree. I think he should be leading off the, the pay-per-view card. You look at what Gaethje and Chandler did 
you know, UFC 268, who wouldn't want to see a featherweight version of that? And I think there is that kind of potential when you talk about a guy like Josh Emmett and a guy like Dan Ige, two incredibly tough, incredibly durable, uh, fun fighters to watch. So I would watch it. I'm sure most people would watch that. So I look forward to that. Uh, as always, want to say a big thank you to Josh Emmett for coming on the show and co-hosting with me. I really do appreciate it. Make sure you check out Holloway versus Rodriguez this Saturday. Earlier start time, I believe the main card Kicks off at 4 p.m. Eastern, so it's a very early start time for a Saturday from the Apex in Las Vegas. Uh, make sure you check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, we're on, uh, I think, Amazon Music, uh, Stitcher, everywhere. Uh, and also, of course, you can follow us on MMAfighting.com each week for new editions of the Fighter vs. the Rider dropping every Tuesday on MMAfighting.com. want to say a big thank you again to Josh Emmett and a big thank you to each and every one of you tuning in to the show. We'll be back next week for another edition of Fighter vs. the Rider. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you then. Media Podcast Network. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.